Exodus chapter 16. I'm going to talk to you today about manna from heaven. Everyone say manna from heaven. Many of you are familiar with the story of God providing miraculously for the Israelites as they journeyed through the desert in Exodus chapter 16. I want you to, for a moment, to imagine the stress that's involved to take your family on a trip. Just your immediate family. Not the whole world, not all of your relatives, just your family on a long trip. You know those long drives when the kids were young? When you're riding in an air-conditioned minivan and you can't agree on which restaurant to stop at? You probably heard or even said something like this. If you don't knock it off, what's going to happen? I'm going to stop this car, I'm going to pull over, we're going to turn this van around, and we're going home. Have you all heard that at some point? Maybe you said it a time or two. We're going straight home. Now imagine if you added to that trip your parents with your immediate family, your spouse's parents with your immediate family, your brothers and your sisters and their spouses, and your nieces and your nephews, all in the same caravan. It doesn't stop there. Then add your aunts and your uncles, your neighbors, your co-workers. Imagine if instead of driving in an air-conditioned minivan with reclining leather captain's chairs, you're walking in a hot desert, carrying or dragging everything you own. You get the point. It has the possibility of being a stressful trip. Well, the Israelites were stressed, and so they did what a lot of people do when they become uncomfortable. What do they do? They grumble, and they complain. It's human nature. They complained about everything. One of their complaints was about the food. How are we going to survive and find something to sustain us? on this long journey. Well, God made a commitment that he was going to provide for his people on this long journey. This journey at times would be uncomfortable. This journey at times would be difficult, but yet God said, I'm going to provide for you. Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day And to gather enough for that day. Everybody say that day. day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Now let's skip down to verse 11. And it says, the Lord said to Moses, I heard the grumbling of the Israelites Tell them at twilight, you'll eat meat, and in the morning, you'll be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. 
everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning. But it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. Just like the Israelites were on a long journey. And God promised to provide for them what they needed. We too are on a long journey. Sometimes it feels uncomfortable. Sometimes we don't know when we're going to stop. Sometimes we get weary and we get tired. But on this long journey, God promises that he will provide manna from heaven for us and give us what we need spiritually on a daily basis. God told him, I'm going to provide for you. Just obey me and follow me. There are several things I want you to notice. The first one is found in verse 4. And it said, Then the Lord said to Moses, I'll rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. The first point that I want you to understand is this. They were required. They were required. Everybody say required. They were required to go out each day and gather enough for that day. If. In my notes, I have if in capitals. In my notes, I have if bolded. If you will go out and pick it up, God will send manna and feed you every day. If you'll go out, if you'll make the effort to pick it up, God will supply for you every single day. Some people are too lazy to gather it. It's available to you. It's provided for you every single day. What he told the Israelites is that six days out of the week, they were to get up out of bed, they were to walk outside, and they were to gather what God had provided. If, if you will get out of bed, if you'll walk out, it'll be there for you. But that big if comes down to you and your choices and your decisions. The Bible says that if a man doesn't work, what's it say? It doesn't say coddle him. It doesn't say baby him. It doesn't say feel sorry for him. It says if a man is too lazy to work, the Bible clearly teaches us this principle. He should not eat. Spiritually, you and I are required. We're required by God to get up, to go out, 
and to do something. That's not talking about the orphans. It's not talking about the people who are disabled. It's not talking about people who don't have the ability to work. But if you have the ability to get up, to go out and gather the manna that God has provided, then you will be spiritually fed. It's amazing sometimes that a lot of people want things out of life, but they will not work for it. I wish my car was always clean. Well, it can be. Clean it. I wish my lawn looked as nice as the neighbor's lawn. It can be. Get out and mow it. I wish I had a nice house. You can have a nice house. Let me tell you how you get it. Get a second job. Get a third job. Whatever it is that you want out of life, if you will not work for it. It doesn't mean you have to work hard all the time. Some of you can be smart and work smart. You can find ways to make your money work for you. You can plan. But the principle is this. If we do not get up and do something, if I continue to sit on the couch playing video games, hang out on the corner complaining how unfair life is. Yeah, life is unfair. Some people should not be able to rest so much while the rest of society works so hard. Life requires effort. It's amazing how lucky you get when you practice and work hard. It's amazing how lucky. It's amazing how smart you are when you study diligently. There's some people, we look at a man, must be nice to be so smart. Yeah, you didn't crack your stinking book. You didn't open your book. And he spent Three hours last night reading over the stuff and studying. Things just don't necessarily come naturally to everybody. Diligence is required. It's amazing how spiritual you become when you meet with God every day through daily devotions. I'll say that again. It's amazing how spiritually minded you become when you spend time with God. Sometimes we'll look at people and say, man, it must be nice just to be as spiritual as so-and-so. I wish, it's just, I'm just not into it. No, you're not getting up in the morning. You're not investing anything into it. You start investing things into feeding your spirit and your spirit man's gonna grow. I don't care how carnal you are, how fleshly you are. I don't care about your past and all the things that have happened in the past. If you will set your heart to know God and you'll begin to pursue him, you will find that he'll change your heart. He'll change your desires. Well, pastor, I just want to party and hang out. That's because that's what you're pursuing. That's what you're going after. If you ran after the Lord as much as you run after immorality, as much as we run after carnality, if we ran after God that much, we would find that our hearts would be changed by the spirit of God. And that would be the desire of our heart. So every day, every day, he told him, it's there for your taking. But you got to get up and you got to go out and you have to pick it up. You have to do that. They were required every day. The second thing, God was testing them to see if they would follow his instructions. God was not going to give them a six-month supply of food. He was going to give them what they needed for that day. They would be required to stay dependent upon him. I don't know about you, but in life, I don't like being dependent on too many people or too many things. There's something about us that just wants to be independent. I don't want to have to go to the store every day. I like to have a little supply there. 
I don't want to have to have faith in too many things. We want to have our supply. We just naturally want to build stuff up and then just coast, not have to worry about that. But with the Israelites, God required them to stay dependent upon him. They were free to take as much as they needed, but there was a catch. They would have to come back again tomorrow because what they gathered today would not be sufficient for tomorrow except on the Sabbath. You see that? If they tried to gather a bunch so I don't have to go out tomorrow, what did they find happened? It was rotten. It stunk. It had worms in it. It didn't work that way. God had a system. He said, every day, I want you to get up in the morning. I want you to come out and I want you to gather. I want you to be reminded I'm the one who provides for you. I want you to be reminded that I'm the one who sustains you. I want you to be amazed. This is the thing. I want you to be amazed every day that every day I provide for you. Every day I sustain you. Every day, every single day, when you get up and you don't have anything and you walk out, I want you to know that I'm going to be faithful to you. I want to show you my glory. And whenever they try to do it any other way, it always rotted, it always stunk, except for on the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day, they would gather twice as much. And the amazing thing is it would last on the Sabbath day. So God was testing them to see if they'd follow his instructions. The third thing is when they obeyed, listen to this. It was always enough. When they obeyed God's plan and his purposes, it was always enough. Listen to this, verse 17. The Israelites did as they were told. I wish that could be the testimony of all of us at Lighthouse. I hope that's the testimony of Steve Ritchie at the end of my life, that Steve Ritchie did what he was told, that the Ritchie family did what they were told. That my children and eventually my grandchildren did what they were told. That's a wonderful testimony. I pray for Lighthouse that that's our testimony. That Lighthouse, we did what we were told. I want you to notice this. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. If you obey God, it will be enough. I want to say that again. I want you to get it in your heart and get it in your spirit. If you obey God, it will be enough. Some of you will spend five minutes a day in the morning meeting with God. And it will be enough to meet your need. Because in the morning you get up and you go out and you gather. Five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes. It will be enough to meet your need. Some of you will gather, you'll spend 40 minutes. You'll spend 30 minutes. Some of you will gather 45 or you'll spend an hour. And you will find that it will meet your need. Today I'm asking every single person who calls Lighthouse their church family to join me on a journey. You want to go on a trip? Anybody want to go on a trip? I remember when I was a little kid, I was in remedial reading class in first grade. I was in that until the end of second grade when my mom had me read every day because I started school early. But I remember being in remedial reading class and the teacher telling us they're going to take us on a trip. We're going to go on a safari. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, it's 
a field trip. I was like in first grade. And they take us down into the library. And I thought, we're going to get on a bus. We're going to travel. They take us into the library. And they walk us from the library into the back of the gym in the stage. And then behind the stage, back in the stage. And then they walk us down into this elementary school gym. And that's our stinking safari trip. I remember thinking, this lady's a liar. I liked her. She was nice to me, but she's a liar. I mean, she flat out lied to me. I want you to go on a journey with me. It's a journey of personal responsibility. It's a personal responsibility to gather manna. You can't do it for someone else, and someone else cannot do it for you. And you don't do it from the pulpit. So if my assistant could help me, and if our ushers could pass out a piece of paper here for you. They're going to give you something. You don't do this journey from the pulpit. You don't do this journey. You really don't do it from the pew either. This is a journey that you take from an easy chair. You take this journey from an easy chair. We need an ottoman with it too, but we don't have that, but you'll get the idea. This journey is done from an easy chair. It may be done on your deck, It may be done in your sunroom. It may be done in your bed. Pastor, I can take this journey in my bed. Yep. There's six legs to this journey that we're going to be taking. And I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask everybody at Lighthouse. I'm going to ask everybody at Lighthouse to look at this with me. For the rest of this month, now I'm going to make you a promise. If you will do this, This will revolutionize the spiritual climate at Lighthouse. It'll revolutionize the climate. I'm asking you to travel with me five out of seven days. So sometimes we say, Pastor, I messed up. I missed it. Okay, no big deal. Five out of seven days a week from now till the end of the year. As I said to you, it'll transform your life And it'll transform the spiritual climate of our church. You'll notice it when you drive onto the property. I'm going to make you a promise. There'll be a difference when you drive onto the property. There'll be an anticipation in your heart. There'll be a desire. I want to get there. What's God going to say? Some of you, it'll be almost like falling in love. The scripture talks about the complaint against the church was that they had what? They had lost their first love, okay? You'll notice it when you drive onto property. Before the first note is played, you'll notice a difference in the spiritual atmosphere of our church. Even as the first note, you know, sometimes it takes a while to like warm up in worship. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes you come in and it's by the fourth song, people are starting to respond but it takes a while for that to happen, I'm going to make you a promise. You're going to notice a difference immediately when worship begins. When you go into a classroom, you're going to notice that the teachers, when the teacher or the preacher begins to speak, you'll notice that there's a new sense of excitement in the church. You're going to wonder what happened. I'm going to tell you what's happening. I can't do any more than what I'm doing. I'm going to just tell you straight up. I'm running hard. For the next level of our church, it requires, we're at a point, we're at a wonderful point. We're at the best point in the history of Lighthouse. I'm telling you that. 
But for us to go to the next level of what God wants to do, it's going to require something of all of us. If you'll follow my instructions, if you'll follow my lead on this, you will see God transform. He'll transform people's lives. He'll transform our church. Things that were hard will be easy. Work that was hard to do, it's going to just happen naturally because God's going to do it. This is what I'm asking you to do. There's six aspects of a daily devotional. I'm asking you to make a commitment between now and the end of the year. It's a little over 60 days. You can do that. Five out of seven days. And you get to choose the level of your commitment. But I'm going to say this. If you are a part of Lighthouse, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair that some people have to pray hard, work hard, and you don't have to do nothing. Do you think that's fair? The breakthroughs that are needed after a while, that might be mean, but people don't want to carry somebody else all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? All of us have a responsibility to gather manna for ourselves so that we can be spiritually strong because you got something to contribute to the kingdom. You got something that God wants to do through your life. If you're not nourishing your own self, you don't have anything to give. We're at a season now where we need all hands on deck. We need everybody seeking after the Lord together with one mind and one accord. What happened in the book of Acts chapter 2? They were gathered together in the upper room. They were with one mind and they were in one accord. What happens whenever they did that? The Holy Spirit fell in that place. And that's what's going to happen in this place as we get in one mind and one accord. A lot of this is simply the discipline that people have never been challenged. And I'm sorry for that. There's some kids their dad and mom never taught them that they had to work. So they just said, well, I don't have to. There's sometimes people's pastors have never said to them, we need you in the word. It's important for you. It's important for your family because God's going to speak to you when you're in the word. Your life is going to be transformed. I'm going to ask all of you, If Lighthouse is your church family, if you're a part of this body, I'm going to ask all of you to make some form of commitment. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 30, 45. Some of you might want to say, Pastor, I can't do five minutes. I'll do two minutes. Write it down. Give me two minutes. I'll take two minutes. That's good. We're asking you for some form of commitment to do these six things. The first one is to read a brief devotional, okay? You can read our daily bread. Nowadays, you can have something sent to your phone. All the apps that are out there, you choose what you want. Something that gives you just a thought for today. It can be a paragraph. You can have them send you a verse. This one here is the word for you today. We're going to get these for the church. These are good. Just read a paragraph when you get up in the morning. The other thing I'm going to ask you to do is this. If you don't do this at a set time, you're not going to do it. I just want to be straight up with you. You say, I'll get to it. I'm going to tell you what, you won't get to it. How do I know that? Because that's been my life. I say, I'll get to it. If I don't schedule it on my calendar, if I don't make a habit of it, I don't get to it. Because once my day starts, I got to go. I got stuff to do. Some other thing comes up. There's another need. There's another situation. And at the end of the day, what do you want to do? I want to just chill out. For the the Israelites, they had to get up in the morning 
some people say, well, I'm not a morning person. Maybe you should become one. I don't know. What's your best time? Whatever your time is, I want to encourage you to make an appointment with God before you eat dinner at night that you do it. Get up in the morning. There's nothing wrong with getting up early. You need to read Proverbs. It talks about that. You sleep in all the time. You can tell I'm kind of feisty today, aren't I? Here was from today. A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Wow. What's God been talking to me about? Can I tell you, I read that little devotion and the Holy Spirit speaks to something in my heart. Isn't that amazing? A devotional. It allows God to speak to you. I promise you this. You will be surprised how God will arrange the devotional that you're reading to apply to your life. It'll be like, Holy Spirit, how did you do that? But he will do that. He will provide you that. So read a brief devotional. The second thing, read a portion of scripture. All right? I'm not going to tell you how much to read. I'm simply asking you to read a portion of scripture. The other thing too today, with our phones. I'm on my third time through the Bible this year. Can I tell you how we do that? You start early in the morning. When you get up, the thing that I want to do in the morning is I want to hear the word of God. God puts that desire in my heart. Why is that? Like when I wake up in the morning, the thing that's on my mind, the thing that's on my heart is, God, I need to meet with you. That doesn't happen if I don't meet with him. That doesn't happen if I don't discipline myself. With Bible Gateway, all of these Bible apps, from Monday of last week, I was in Jude. I'm in Leviticus chapter 4. I can do my morning. I can get my shower. I can do all the things that I need to do. I can do whatever it is that I need to do in the morning as I'm getting ready. Put that right in my pocket and fill my mind with an hour or an hour and a half of God's word without any stress, without any hassle at all. I've pastors say, well, people say, oh, pastor, that's not fair. You're cheating. I remember someone saying to me, can you listen to the Bible? That, faith comes by what? By hearing and hearing the word of God. And so as we take his word, make it easy for yourself. Find a way to listen to the God's word. Some of you, you have a half hour drive to work every day. Instead of listening to the country music, instead of listening just to worship music even, put on the word of God. Let his word fill your heart. Let his word fill your mind. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to read a portion of scripture. You read as much. Can I tell you, they, they didn't gather too much and they didn't gather too little. If you make the commitment, it will be what you need. God will see to that. So some of you, you might read six or seven verses and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. Some of you might read six or seven chapters. We're not in competition with each other. It has nothing to do with that. It's about you meeting with God and him speaking to you. The third thing is, make a list of what Jesus is praying for your family. Now you say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, here's the question that I want you to ask yourself in that two minutes that you commit to. I want you to ask yourself, what is Jesus praying for me today? Hebrews 7.25 says that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So in heaven... In heaven, Jesus is looking down and he's interceding for you and for your family, for our church. And we need to ask ourselves, Jesus, 
What are you praying for me today? What are you praying for me? What are you rooting for me? What is it that you're interceding for me about? Because the word says, it clearly says, he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So he's praying something for Lori. He's praying something for Pastor Scott. He's praying something for Mike. He's praying something over Tim. We need to find out what Jesus is praying and come into alignment with what Jesus is praying. And we need to come into agreement with what he's praying. Do you understand that? That Jesus is praying something specifically for you. He may be praying for you to surrender to his will. He may be praying that you may know his peace. He may be praying all kinds of different things, but you'll find it in the word. As you read the word, you'll find out what his prayers are. You'll find out what his will is. The fourth one's an easy one. Simply listen to what Jesus is saying to you. As you have read a devotional, you've read a small portion of scripture, you've asked Jesus, what are you praying for me? And start praying in agreement with that. And then you listen to what Jesus is saying to you. What's he speaking to your heart? He may drop a word, forgive. He may drop a word, stop, start. And the funny thing is, is your spirit will know. What's he saying? The crazy thing is, is when you start listening and you settle down, you'll find he has a whole lot more to say to you than what you think. So listen to what Jesus is saying to you. Reflect. So you listen to what he's saying. The fifth one is, and these happen simultaneously. The fifth one is you reflect. In light of all that's going on in my life, how does this scripture apply? How does this devotion apply? How does what Jesus is praying for me, how does it apply to my life? Lord, you've given me this word from the devotional. You've spoken to my heart. I've read your word and it came alive and it spoke to me. Oh, you're talking to me about my relationship with my wife. You're talking to me about my relationship with my kids. You're talking to me about submitting to authority. I see what you're saying, God. You'll find it he's speaking. The sixth one is journal. Journal or write down what God is saying to you. Just jot it down. With the computers, computers can be a wonderful thing. Take your computer And as you start praying, the Holy Spirit will bring a verse to your mind. You can Google it. It'll be a part of a verse. You Google it, and it's right there in front of you. Oh, cool. And then you can just copy and paste it into your Word document. Now, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment with me. I'm going to ask you to do this. Go low. Everybody say go low. Don't say, Pastor, I'm going to pray 16 hours a day. I'm not asking you to do that. Let's lower the bar. If you think I'll do 20 minutes, 30 minutes, go a couple minutes less. That way you can feel like you've done what you've committed to. But I'm going to ask all of you who will to take your paper now. I hope that I've shown you the value. Because sometimes I think that God doesn't have anything to say. But he does. He has things that he wants to say to me that's going to bless me and strengthen me and empower me. But I have to be willing to take the time to go out and pick up the manna. If I don't, I'm going to say this to you. If I don't go out and pick up the manna, you know why it is? You're not too busy. You're lying to yourself. You're lying. I'm just telling it like it is. If you can't come up with two minutes a day, three minutes a day, you're not that busy. God may make you that busy. 
five minutes, some point each day. I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm trying to bring you into a place where you will find God transforming your life. I'm going to ask you to do this. Tear the papers apart. Take this and put it in your Bible. Put it on your dashboard. Put it somewhere where you're going to have it. And I'm going to get our ushers to help us collect here in just a moment. I'm going to ask all of you who will. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But the Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. That's what it says. Spiritually. I expect you to be spiritually skinny. That's what's going to happen. You're going to waste away. I don't want you to waste away. I want you to grow. So we're going to ask you to make a commitment five days a week. You choose the time. You may say, Pastor, I'm not going to do five minutes. I'm going to do seven. Seven minutes is cool. Whatever commitment that you'll make, and I'm going to ask you to do your best five out of seven days. I'm going to ask you to find a time. Set your alarm seven minutes earlier to get out of bed, to sit in your chair in the morning with a cup of coffee, to sit on your deck, to go out in your yard under the tree. It's getting cold. It's kind of crazy for that. But during the summer, it's nice to do that. And I'm going to ask you to make a commitment. And then we're going to turn this in. And between now and the end of the year, we're going to see God do miracles in our lives. Just know this. I know that if you'll do it, God will speak to you every single day. He'll speak to you every day. Some of your attitudes, he's going to make your marriage better. He's going to make your relationship with your kids better. He's going to make your mental health better. You're going to have wisdom for handling your boss. I mean, he's going to speak to you. You're going to have wisdom on how to deal with your relatives, with your in-laws. He's going to give you wisdom in handling your finances. He's going to protect you. He's going to speak to you in so many different ways that it's going to astound you. If you need any help on it, let me know. I'll take the time, explain things to you, work with you. Father, in Jesus' name, we're making a commitment today. I thank you that every day you provide manna for us to eat. You provide manna, but you ask us to go out, to get up in the morning and to go out and pick it up. And so, Lord, if you're gracious enough to provide for my spiritual well-being, I will take the time. I hope you'll make that commitment now. Lord, I'll take the time to get up and to go out and pick up your word, to pick up my phone and hit that Bible app. You make it so easy today in our society, Lord, for us to be able to do that. So we make that commitment that we're gonna hear from you and learn from you. And I pray that as we do that, you would bless your people powerfully. I thank you that as a church, we're gonna move forward and be what you want us to be. And we give you praise and thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen.